1: There had been investors who had been surprised to learn that the machine was not needed.
0: Welcome to episode seven of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails, what led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I'm your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at Jucero. It was March of 2016 when the New York Times first reported on the story of the $700 juicer that had taken Silicon Valley by storm. It was a high-profile piece that featured the brainchild of Doug Evans, a raw food enthusiast, to a roster of disruptive new technology companies swimming in billion-dollar markets. This new product called Juicero was set to launch that month and had already boasted nearly $120 million in funding from some of the largest and most untouchable venture capitalists, including those from Google Ventures and Kleiner Perkins Caulfield and Byers. The cold press juicer, which was remarkably sexy and a sleek piece of equipment, bore the semblance of an apple-like machine and could, in less than three minutes, deliver an effortless, super delicious, organic-based cold-pressed juice, mess-free in the comfort of your own home. It was a device that would catapult into smart kitchen devices, with its Wi-Fi connectivity features and QR codes that tracked which farms the produce originated from and when the juice packets would expire. Kobe Bryant was one of the investors. Oprah promoted it and surprised her audience in one of her lavish giveaways. Ivanka Trump gave it a nod on Twitter. And Gisero even won over health-conscious and healthy living fanatics like Gwyneth Paltrow and Dr. Oz. So how did this high-flying juicer end up getting squeezed out of the limelight only a year and a half after its unveiling? And how did it flop on a last minute plot twist? Welcome to the story of Juicero, introduced to the world in March of 2016, expired and extracted from the market in September 2017. Juicero's highly anticipated arrival on the market was accompanied by a video that I'm about to play that cleverly touted the company's brand ethos, which was their ability to make juicing easy. Take a listen, as it will provide you with a more insightful impression on the company's mission and brand personality.
1: What is this? It's a Juicero. I don't I'm sorry. I don't know what that word means. It's What's a new Juicero. Word. Okay, define it for me. Uh Juicero, the best juice ever. What comes out of the Juicero is so fresh that it shouldn't even be called juice. It should just be called, I don't know, squashed produce because that's what it is. Our founder, Doug, is straight up made of juice. Literally, there's juice in my veins. Doug and the Juicero team have taken care of everything. Not just the washing, the peeling, and the chopping, but the growing, the harvesting, the washing, the refrigerated transport, the inspecting. Did we mention the washing? The packaging. And finally, delivering to your house. And we haven't even gotten to the most genius part yet. There's nothing to clean. No mess whatsoever. It's so easy that it makes the old way of juicing seem... Well, old. Why did I do all that other stuff? Who cares? That's our past life. This is our new life. Juicero. Wow. The easiest, freshest, most delicious way to get juice.
0: As you saw or heard... Doug Evans was a major part of the Juicero story and what led to the rise and then their downfall. His larger-than-life persona, his commitment to holistic living, all played a role at a time when many were trying to gain market share and capitalize on the booming juice trend. But to understand the demise of the promising company, we need to understand Doug, the visionary behind it whose motivation and love for healthy food stemmed from the death of his mother to cancer, his father to heart disease, and his brother being diagnosed with type two diabetes. It was then he made it his mission to address the nutritional deficiencies plaguing Americans across the country. His pursuit was to deliver a healthier solution and provide raw fruits and vegetables in a convenient and affordable way. His love affair with health food was prompted by an encounter he had back in 1999 when he met a beautiful woman in a nightclub. Her name was Denise Mari, and she was a vegan. Doug had fallen madly in love and converted to being a vegan as well, and together they birthed the boutique eatery called Organic Avenue, selling $10 cold-pressed juices and vegan snacks. The store opened in 2006 in New York City and quickly grew to several chains, but New York City's high rent made it unfit to continue the business. After a private equity firm stepped in, Doug and Denise were ousted as they were seen to be unfit to run the company. They had broken up by then, but the passion of his pursuit continued with Doug and by 2013 he began working on a juicer a miniaturized size version of the industrial press they had used at Organic Avenue. The prototype wielded a lot of war stories, including scraps of metal and food flying across the room. But he survived and even managed to talk about it and eventually gaining the attention of a partner at a VC firm who had provided Doug with enough capital to go out and secure some of the most impressive individuals, the best software and mechanical engineers, the most brilliant food scientists, app developers, and then the hottest celebrity designer in the tech world, Eve Behar, who's done work for Apple, GE, and Samsung, just to name a few. It finally seemed like Doug's luck was about to change as his future was ripe with opportunity. Fast forward three years, what was created was a white processor with design curves and countertop appeal that had other kitchen appliances green with envy. Not only that, this was ingenuity at its best because it straddled into an IOT device, also known as Internet of Things, which is when your devices can talk to each other. With the Wi-Fi and connectivity to your phone, Juicero would be categorized as a smart kitchen device. The price tag, a whopping $700. This became the first stab at the company's business model when the media balked at the cost, calling it another one of Silicon Valley's elitist product that sought to create a problem that didn't exist. The critics didn't feel this was a realistic price and didn't see how it would solve the issue of making nutrition more accessible. By the way, in addition to getting the machine, you still need a subscription to order the fruit and veggie packets, which were manufactured by Juicero and priced somewhere between $5 to $8. But when prompted about its heavy price tag, Doug put it like this. If you look at a two-year ROI, return on investment at $700, it's less than a dollar a day. So if you look at someone who makes juice, it's a bargain because their time is so valuable. Doug, who had no experience running a tech company, was, however, an exceptional salesman and had oftentimes compared himself to Steve Jobs and his juicer to that of a Tesla. During an interview with the New York Times, when asked what made Juicero so special, he responded, It's hard to quantify conventional science. Not all juice is equal. How do you measure life force? How do you measure chi? And though it was hard to quantify in his terms what made Juicero so unique, it was certainly very quantifiable how much money they were losing. In fact, with each sale they made, the company continued to lose more money, and they were bleeding close to $4 million a month in expenses, which was getting really hard to sustain. Soon, there were discussions on getting a new leader at its helm, And the investors chose to replace Doug with a more seasoned executive, Jeff Dunn, a former Coca-Cola executive. The company was looking for a shakeup that would propel itself forward despite the initial hurdles of pricing and the snapback from the media. There were other issues internally including reports by employees calling Doug a micromanaging tyrant and a demeaning bully when he would oftentimes refuse to reimburse even business trip meals that weren't adhering to his strict dietary guidelines. With Jeff's arrival, the company was looking to preserve the company's optics and make some reformations, beginning with the slashing of prices of the juicer down to $400 and then building an even more affordable model. It was a plan that hinged on some major damage control and strategic devising. But under the hood would soon be a scandal that would ground Juicero to a pulp. In April of 2017, two Bloomberg reporters received a tip which suggested that the Juicero's cuss packets, the ones that required the expensive Juicero press, could actually be squeezed out using a $5 rolling pin. Not the overpriced and over engineered juicer. The two Bloomberg reporters went even further to test this by experimenting with their hands and released a side by side video comparison of a Juicero press performing its function alongside that to a pair of bare hands. The result? The hand yielded a glass of juice in the same amount of time and sometimes a little faster the Internet went ballistic. In earlier interviews, Doug had publicly stated on several occasions, Our Juicero press is capable of four tons of force, enough to lift two Teslas and render a glass of juice. But with this expose, Juicero was paying the ultimate
1: price. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
0: I had a chance to speak with Ellen Hewitt, one of the Bloomberg reporters that broke the original story. Here she talks about how it all unfolded.
1: I can't be too specific about where the tip came from, just out of respect for the original source. But I don't remember what month it was. It must have been maybe March of 2017. Olivia Zalewski, who was my coworker at the time, wonderful reporter. Olivia and I got this tip that the Juicero bag should be squeezed with a rolling pin. That was our original tip With that you could use a rolling pin rather than the machine to get the juice out of the bag. And we were like, oh, that's really interesting. This entire company is based on the premise that you need this very fancy, strong machine in order to get all the juice out of these juice packets. So it's kind of interesting that people are talking about there being an alternative. So we started off by reading a little bit about the company. Um, You know, there are all these interviews in which Doug talks about the machinery and engineering sophistication that goes into making the Juicero. You know, he uses phrases like, The machine squeezes with enough force to lift two Teslas, which I thought was particularly notable comparison, right? Like you often think about as a company, you want to compare yourself to other successful tech companies. I thought that was a particularly creative way to do it. He also talked in one of the, I think he gave a podcast interview in which he talked about there are 400 custom parts in here. There's a scanner, there's a microprocessor, there's a wireless chip, wireless antenna. Like, it was pretty interesting to us that he was phrasing the way that he talked about the company publicly, in particularly like hardware-heavy terms, or like describing sort of the engineering sophistication of the machine. So it clearly, the premise of the company was like, machine is this essential part of getting the juice, which is the product, right? And also, in particular, that you you can't buy the juice packs unless you buy the machine. So the whole premise is like, you need the machine. So we were, of course, interested to be told that there was possibly a way to get the juice out. Without the machine. So we actually bought a rolling pin and we bought a few bags of Juicero juice packs. And I remember we got several of the same flavor because we wanted to run a test. You know, we had also at that point borrowed a Juicero machine from Juicero, the company. And we wanted to be sure that we were, you know, I think being, you know, we're not scientists, I get it, but, you know, we wanted to be responsible about measuring sort of. Can you get you know the same amount of juice out of the pack if you use a machine versus another method? How much time does it take to do it? That kind of thing. So I remember we were in the kitchen at the Bloomberg office in San Francisco and we tried to use a rolling pin to get the juice out and it works, but it's very unwieldy. And at some point in trying to use the rolling pin, we just realized you know we should just try squeezing it by hand. So we did. You know, the way that the pack is designed, it is surprisingly easy to get the first, like, large part of the juice out of the pack just by squeezing with your hands. And I'm not, like, a particularly athletic or strong person, um, but I remember, yeah, you squeeze it and, like, you have to put a little oomph into it, but, you know, the juice comes out. And then to get the last bit, you have to, like, you know, twist the bag a little bit or maybe do, like, a light wringing, And we tested this. I remember we took cups of identical size, like the Bloomberg plastic cups that you can get in the kitchen, and we did one of the juice packs in the machine and another juice pack by hand and measured how long it took and how much juice came out. And it was basically the same amount of juice um, if you squeeze it the right way. And it took about the same amount of time. You know, the machine, I kind of expected the machine to be faster than us, but um, the machine, I think, does a very thorough job of squeezing the juice, um, and it takes if I remember correctly, about a couple, you know, maybe two minutes. I think at that point, then we knew we wanted to pursue a story and we started talking to Investors in the company or trying to look for people who would have insight into how the company had pitched the product. And in the end, that's sort of the premise of the story, right? That this is a company that raised $120 million from some of Silicon Valley's top venture capitalist firms, um, you know, including Google Ventures and, and other firms where, you know, they're considered very like respected investors. And that had gotten the company a lot of excitement and legitimacy. And then our story, basically the premise was, yes, there had been investors who had been surprised to learn that the machine was not needed.
0: There may have been several factors other than the Bloomberg video that led to the demise of Juicero. The financial burdens incurred by the company, the high price tag that impeded their sales, their leader Doug, who was so instrumental to driving the company forward, but then seemed to attract the attention of too many critics. But the fall of Jucero seemed to beg the question of how our markets, and the people that drive them, extol the virtues of overzealous and overconfident CEOs, without much substance would then raise funds to reward them, under the guise of uninspiring phrases like innovation and disruption. The scandal may not have been so much the Bloomberg piece, although some may have disagreed, but attributed to a larger underlying issue. Because according to later reports, people within the company across multiple teams knew that the overpriced machine could be simply replaced by squeezing the packages by hand. Perhaps the scandal was that they continued to allow the sale of the product under the pretense of the juicer being a necessary component to the process. And though everyone agreed that the juice was delicious, it just wasn't enough to make this a sexy proposition for investors. In the experience of Silicon Valley pretension, the push to integrate technology to an otherwise plain product steps back to the visual of a toddler jamming a square peg into a round hole. Perhaps a pivot from the machine could have saved the company or given them enough time to create a much more cost-effective model. But by then, the trust was lost. And as experienced successful companies would tell you, trust is paramount in building a strong brand. The responsibility of the inventor who claims to make life better for consumers should feel the obligation to deliver the best product, not the best story. In the final days of Jucero, the new CEO, Jeff Dunn, took to the website Medium to publish an article that offered its defense, stating that many companies in the past have fallen prey to hackers claiming that they were victimized by others seeking to shortcut their business, thus spoiling an experience for the greater whole. He pressed on the fact that what Juicero did was ensure food safety, enabled a tight supply chain of raw food, and provided superior taste nutrition. Still, he offered full refunds to anyone who wanted to return their $400 juicer. This draws parallels to the legendary myth of Nero playing fiddle as Rome burned to the ground. According to some historians in 64 AD, a great fire consumed Rome, spreading quickly and savagely. But instead of tending to its people, the unpopular emperor Nero calmly took to his fiddle while his people cried out in suffering. Ironically, the week that Juicero announced that they would be pulling the plug on the company altogether, Doug, who had received $120 million in VC money, was nowhere to be found. In fact, he was far away in Nevada, enjoying Burning Man. Days after the public announcement that the company was going down, Doug posted a photo of himself frolicking in the wild and open desert. The caption said, Peace at Burning Man. Hashtag vegan, hashtag raw, hashtag juice. Thanks for listening to The Great Fail, a program that spotlights some of the most infamous case studies and failed businesses, brands, and ideas, and goes beyond that to garner lessons and wisdom so that we can all learn from the greatest mistakes. Join us next time for a brand new episode and be sure to visit thegreatfail.com to access show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you have a question about your business or have an idea or startup and need expert advice, please send your questions to advice at the great and you may be featured on an upcoming episode with our network of expert advisors to help you get the answers you're looking for. And remember, with great failure comes great liability. I must confess, I did what I